previously on 1d4. Well, I just coincidentally uh, have a new ability. Oh my God. Called speak with animals. You speak horse? I am Pringles. You guys reach the first interrogation of the adventure path. Begin. I heard from a friend who heard straight from the mouth of a horse that your smell is different. What were you really doing in the fishery? First of all, I wasn't in the fishery. All I want to do was feed the people. With people? Not all the meat was animal. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean all the meat wasn't animal? We had animals in the pen. We had horses. They were going to eat me. We only had one horse, and I was I was looking forward to eating him. Who's Malia? How do you know that name? Who's Malia? Are you working for her? Does she live there with you? So I'm getting real confused, real agitated. My jaw hurts. Your mom kept punching me. She said she was warming me up for her daughter. I don't know. Okay, shut up, shut up, shut up. Where is Malia? Curse of the Crimson Throne, Edge of Anarchy. Rob, something's different about you. Yeah, I got a new mic. Listen how silky his voice sounds when he talks. You do sound really good, Rob. <laughs> oh my god. I love that. Congre can you tell us about this microphone so we can get sponsored by the company? <laughs> uh, I believe Sean can actually advise you better than I can. Oh my god, you guys have the same microphone. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, this is good, because now... When my wife loves me enough to allow me to buy the step up, the six or the seven MB, I can give this one to Natalie and we'll all have Shures and you guys will all have, what's the, the company that makes that one? It's Beacon. Beacon. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's Beacon Beautiful. Um, welcome back guys. This is going to be fun. Let me put you on my main screen so I could see you because tonight is going to be all about looking at your faces. Let's get a sound check in here. Uh, can you guys hear this? Yeah? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautifully creepy Corvosan music. Yeah, yeah, that's that recap stuff. Uh, top of the hour. I want to shout out my boy Geo. I don't really understand Geo, anything that you're doing in your life, but I just followed something on Instagram that Natalie commented on or something. Um, and the second that I watched the video, you texted me. You texted me out of nowhere. It's not like you text me every day. I wish you did. Uh, and you said, have you seen the D&D &D movie? And I'm like, man, I haven't seen it, but what's up with that? NAHREP, N-A-H-R-E-P. Let's see what he said. The, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, North County, San Diego. I don't know what any of that means, Gio, but congratulations. It looked like it was your birthday party, your wedding. You were up there in front of He's a bunch of people. He's the president. He is the president. So that's so we now know the president of a company. So I think that his his accomplishment his association. <laughs> his accomplishment. Don't don't downplay it. Don't downplay it. His accomplishments make us more famous. So thank you. Thank you, Gio. Every single time you sell a house, you have to be like, listen to this podcast and everything's gonna work out. Um and also I really wanna see the D and D movie. He yeah, just saw it last week. He saw said, it right now. Gio said it, it was good. amazing. Yeah, you know it's what? It's really good. Last week, or last time we played, we talked about some Bieber drama. And I love me some Bieber drama. And I'm sure there's some updates, but let's switch it. Gentlemen, D&D &D movie. Now, I'm under the impression that anything to bring more people to the fold is a good thing. I was very nervous about this movie when they announced it, because I'm like, man, if they fuck this up, we're going to look even more nerdy and horrible. So please don't fuck it up. But, but Rotten Tomatoes is showing it as an incredible movie. It, it's blowing people's expectations out of the water. Um, Rob, your thoughts, please. It's showing the nerdy that it's awesome. I mean, and it, it stayed true to the game? Is that what you're saying, too? Oh, very much so. I've actually seen a couple uh, YouTube videos of behind, you know, how they came up with certain things. And um, the the sorcerer, what was his name, Sean? Um, crap. Let, let's navigate it without doing any spoilers. Anyways. It, it just oh, really yeah. good. It was like, good. Long okay. rest it was, like it was really good, but no, like they had a lot of meaning behind even some of the 
how they came up with certain things. That's all I'm going going to say. That's and pretty that cool. They stayed true to it. Simon was the sorcerer. Simon. Okay. So Sean, he's, he's the sorcerer. Sean, do you have any opinions on the movie? Did you really enjoy it? I'm sad I couldn't see it. Couldn't meet your girlfriend. Nice to talk to her, by the way, if she listens to this. I, she's real. So uh, she, how was, she is indeed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she's very nice. She yeah, invited so. me to the movie without even knowing. She's like, yeah, come sit right oh, yeah. here. You know? And I was like, okay. Damn. Oh, yeah. Really well, nice and, and uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, the uh, the one for my birthday is is also her uh, her her suggestion. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you and your wife, come on, come watch a movie with us. Absolutely. No, 110%. Yeah, because I feel like it's imperative that everybody meets because we've all met, except you guys haven't met Sean. Uh, Natalie, you've never met Rob. Is that true? No, I did. We did the one shot. Yeah, we did the oh, one shot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's place. in person. Yeah. Okay. So everyone has met except for the girls haven't met Sean in person, but I'm sure we're going to get there. Yeah, no, so I'll absolutely take that invitation. But what did you think about the movie, Sean? Oh, I immensely enjoyed it. Uh, apart from from all the, the D&D tropes, it's a fun movie. Uh, yeah. it's, it's funny. It's got good action, good set pieces. Uh, there's some nice uh, twists and subversion of expectation. Um yeah, all in all, just a it's it's a really fun watch. You think, think you have to be a D and D fan to enjoy it? No way. Um, or like a no player? Way. No, not at all. No, it will only make it a little bit better because you're going to be like, oh, ha, nice, they put that in there. Uh, or but, I recognize that. Yeah, but it doesn't. There's a doesn't lot hang that. anything on that. You know, okay. it's not going to hold up like if you don't know what a gelatinous cube is. That means nothing. Um, but you see one. They feed and, you all uh, the main information cool. that you need. Yeah, but it's all to go story see it? focused. Yeah, we're going tomorrow. I couldn't decide if I want to see that or a Super yeah. Mario movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, watch, watch D&D. D&D. I'm okay. hearing, I'm hearing, and not to disparage my homies over at Nintendo, that the Mario movie didn't do too well. You see, Jay what? and I, we had tickets. We had tickets to go see the D&D movie. But then our theater was like, hey, you want to come see John Wick instead? And fuck yeah, we want to see John Wick instead. And let, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you without any spoilers, for a movie with the dumbest premise I've ever seen ever, John Wick 1, Someone killed this guy's dog and he goes off on a rampage. I mean, hey, is that a dumb premise? I mean, Someone no. Someone murdered his dog, no, no. okay? Um, you know what, Sean, Rob, have you guys seen On Bach or The Protector? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course you oh, have. Yeah. Of course you have. And so for something to be based in like an American movie, um, for those of us who haven't watched those movies, it's about a, a guy whose elephant was killed and he goes off on a killing rampage. And it's some of the best cinematography. We won't get too far into it, but John Wick 4 was a masterpiece. A masterpiece. And I I love Keanu. He's never done anything wrong. Uh, we could talk about him for the entire time. But And he only um, says like 300 words in the whole Oh my movie. God, wow. Like, I think yeah. someone counted it was 380 words total, he says throughout the entire movie. That, and That's it, insane. That it's is a, nuts. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It I'm was a, so good, though. Really I'm good. Gonna, yeah. Another one to, uh, on that level of, of the Tony Jaw stuff is, um, oh, man, it's right on the tip of my tongue. The Raid. Ooh, That's The Raid. Mm. Uh, where, I have not seen that. Oh, we, those we guys studied for a good, I believe, like a good year ahead of time. So they are full on hitting each other. Oh, God. They have practiced that to the point where uh, they're able to not hurt each other. But cinematically, that, uh, you know, it, you end up with these long, unbroken shots of just chaos and fight choreography. It is beautiful. See, that's what really draws me into the John Wick movies and on by, and again, we won't harp on this too much, but the uncut scenes were. Keanu is just whooping people's asses, but hundred percent. We could talk about this forever, but we do have a backlog of listener mail. So I've got two of them here. I've got two of them here, and that counts as a backlog. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, last last week and then this week. Exactly. Wait. Come on. Come on. Come that's, on. Wait. That's 
That's just by definition this- a backlog. I think before we were starting, you were saying thank you for something. Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> I don't Natalie I don't remember that. Natalie. When was that happening? I'll look at the camera. Thank you for wasting your time with me today. <laughs> for those of you who play World of Warcraft, Natalie is a mage. I am a rogue, and we completed something called the waste of time. And it is very literally a waste of goddamn time to get this beautiful, beautiful golden belt. And she teleported me all over Azeroth and other worlds um, to get me that belt. And I mean, I don't, I don't even know if she's going to wear it, but it looks perfect in my transmog. If you guys want to see that transmog, email us. I'll send you a picture. I, I took a lot of them. <laughs> Some beautiful <laughs> pictures. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Natalie. And uh, I will cut this out of the recording. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I edit the recordings. <laughs> Uh, so the first listener mail comes from a girl named Amanda. It's very short and to the point. Sean's voice is perfect for adamant. That's all I really wanted to say. I'm a fan. LOL. <laughs> Sean, is that all your right. girlfriend who wrote that? Yeah, yeah I, That's I, my I, first no. thought. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, Sean, uh, apparently your voice is perfect for adamant. That's great. I hope you stay adamant for as long as you possibly can. I hope you do. Uh, This one is a little bit longer, and I had a hard time keeping it from my wife because I knew she wanted to know everything, and it's, it's pretty funny because it's very relevant. To Riley. From Riley, actually. Does being the DM's wife take away from the experience? How often does he let you in on what's going on? Do you feel like he plays favorites? This is great because we were talking about this. I played a campaign with a significant other and it wasn't the best experience because it was clear that he preferred me over the rest of the group and there was growing resentment not just between me and him because he was babying my character, but me and the other players. Blink twice if he's forcing you to answer me amicably. (laughs) Okay, stop staring at me. (laughs) Um, first of all, we're trying to catch the blinks. I love being the favorite. And if anybody doesn't like me being the favorite, well, sucks to suck. (laughs) 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 No, no, I love the favoritism treatment. Don't ever kill my character. I love Riley. So that's that. And then regarding insider information, I will say that he loves to talk D&D and he's always looking at me like, do you want to know? Do you want to know? Just to give me maybe little bits. But I always say, no, I don't want to know. I want to find out with everybody else. So I make him not tell me anything. I make him keep everything to himself because no, I want to be surprised. Yeah, I want to enjoy it with you guys, you know. So, but no, it's great. It's totally easy being the DM's wife, and I love it. You should text me. Let me know too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, you know, and it's funny because in the other game we play, one D five. I her character almost died last time, and she had a very serious emotional reaction. She said she almost cried, like she teared up. She got my sick. face got really red, and my eyes got really teary because I thought I died. But then I was incorrect because I didn't die. And I was very happy about that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Thank you, Riley. Um, I'll yes, try to. Thank you, Riley. Great I'll, name. <laughs> I'll try to kill Riley in this here episode. Um, you guys know who else's face was red? Varric Van Kaskerken, as he was being interrogated naked. Yes, he fucking killed it. Fucking killed it. <laughs> Last time on 1d4. The Revengers had their first interrogation. Varric Van Kaskerken, a rogue guard, was subdued and tied nude to a chair. The family affair, the field marshal Cressida Croft invited her daughter Riley and her gang of misfits to question him. Clever use of detect thoughts revealed that there was another entity in the room, but evaded most of our sorcerer's concentration, and she instead turned to Varric. You guys found out that he was just a lovesick fool. A pawn in a much larger plot laid out by one Malia Arcana. A debutante of old Corvosa, a prolific one. Varric questioned which side was really doing good for the city. 
the guard doing the queen's bidding, or the people trying to help each other survive. After you were finished, you went home and slept off the harsh day that you had just endured. Endured. Jingles grew ill and cured himself with a potion you pilfered, and Pringles showed off his brand new home. You met back with your mother and obtained your reward in a brand new mission. Infiltrate Eel's End, a den of drugs, gambling, and sex. Dig up some dirt on a political official from Cheliax, Darvane Geos Ampre, and give Cressida something to hold over his head to stop him from interfering in Corvosan affairs. Vencarlo, an old friend of the field marshal, has it on good authority that Darvane has been spending a fair amount of time in the Den of Sin, and it wouldn't be hard to gather some evidence that would make him think twice about meddling in the business that he should stay out of. Now you've been given 2,000 gold to take to the de facto leader of Eel's End, Devargo, the King of Spiders. Bribe him into giving you information or blaze your own path in getting the information needed. Do what needs to be done and get out alive. And that's where we left off. Do we have any questions? No? Where um where are we right now? Because my character's like up on the map. Are we all yeah. together, right? Yeah, you guys are you guys are all together. Um you just got your first mission or your second mission rather. Um, you have left the Citadel and you have offered Vencarlo, uh, to walk with him. He said that he lives in the direction of Eel's End and that he would be delighted to accompany you on your short journey. You guys are fully rested. You have everything you need. Uh, and we are on our way to Eel's End with, uh, Vencarlo in tow. That's a good question to say. We, we got a full rest. Yeah, no, you guys are completely full rested, full everything. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, no, 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 yeah, you too. Yeah, you too. You, okay. No one's used any spells. Yeah, no, you I guys are good. I use my detect thoughts, so that's but why you I'm slept. Just... You slept okay. after, right? Yeah. Oh. Wait, no. No. It's a. We that's detected right. and then I. You detected okay. and okay, so you have one. Let's set a level one spell slot. It's a level two. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Just like nap right. on. Pringles. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. All right. Um, good question. Does anyone else have anything else that we need to get to there? We're good. Okay. You guys are on your way to Eel's End. Then Carlo is walking beside you. He has his hands behind his back. There's kind of a silence, and then he speaks up. I heard that you are now sponsored by Boshes. He looks to the rest of you guys as you wear your Boshes shirts, uh, very clearly sponsored by Boshes. How did that happen? He had some great deals going on. And, you know, we just decided to buy all our stuff there. And I think he appreciated our business. And in return, we told him we'd represent his store as we travel throughout Corvosa. And has that been fruitful? Have people asked you for deals? What is the exchange? You wear the boss's shirt and he gets advertised? Yeah. I mean, we're conversating about it right now. Mm, touche. Touche. I can't get boss's off my mind. You know, it's it's been a while since I've seen him what with my eyesight the way it is. And yeah. he gestures to his face and for the first time, he does talk about the fact that his eyes are seemingly dead. I mean, Bosch is the man, right? Yeah, last time I saw him, he was quite a man. Absolutely, I haven't... The man. The man. Um, I might need to stop by and get a shirt in my size, a medium, if you were curious. You know what, Van Carlo? I'll tell him to give you one on the house. I would be in your debt. In your debt, not your depth. That doesn't make any sense. I would be in your debt, Riley, if you were to get me a shirt. And I think Boshid would absolutely benefit from the first and foremost swordsman of Corvosa. I don't know why the music's getting a little dark there, but we'll just ignore that. 
Uh, the swordsman of Corvosa, wearing a Basha shirt. I agree. Go, the next time you? I see you, I'll make sure to have a Basha shirt for you. And the next time I see you, points to his eyes and it points to you, I will thank you for the shirt. Kind of smiles and looks around for any sort of... What happened to your eyes? It's kind of a... Kind of a pause. He takes a deep breath. Nice gentle segue. Mm. Yeah, right? (laughs) He pointed at his eyes like he brought attention to them. So (laughs) I'm like... You like Bosch's? What the fuck happened to your face? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you, dude? He he grows a little bit self-conscious at the direct question. He says, well, if you want to ask on such a beautiful walk about something so dark, I'll tell you. I was wounded in a challenge. I at one time had two very, very talented students who showed a large amount of promise. Sabina Marin and Graal Soldado. Soldado. Graal Soldado. (laughs) Name's ridiculous. Both of them incredibly adept with a blade. Grau started to develop feelings for Sabina, and she was one to develop feelings for beautiful, beautiful as any of you. And he felt incorrectly that I was harboring similar emotions. I ignored it for as long as I can until it all came to a head when he drew his blade in anger against me. Now as his teacher, I urged him to relent and listen to reason, but his mind was made up. Of course, I defended myself, but when Sabina interfered, we all lost. And you could see his hand come to his face and he rubs underneath his eyes. Some of us more than others. We haven't spoken since. I know Sabina has climbed the ranks to be in the Queen's personal guard and Grau, well, I know Grau has fallen on some hard times been a while I lost my eyesight in that duel and it took a little bit of work from Corvos and doctors to give me what I have but I I make do I hope that doesn't make you uncomfortable not at all I'm glad we can aid you on your walk this is aid that I need aid of friends as we all do in these times Enough about me. Somber topic. Tell me about yourselves. Riley, this crew of yours, your mother is wary but optimistic that you have finally fallen into your own. Please, introduce me properly now that we know that we are amongst friends. Who are these misfits, the Revengers? I mean, I'm Riley. This is Jingles. This is Ravi, and this is Adamant. We are the Revengers. You did offer a shirt from Bosch's, but truth be told, I'd be offering, or I'd be interested in a shirt that says Revengers. I think that would be a little more stylish. And it kind of nudges you as you guys weave your way through the crowd and turns to Jingles. Jingles, correct me if I'm wrong, but your accent doesn't sound like it's from Corvosa. Where are you from? I'm from all around. Hmm. I've never been to the city of all around. One day you'll have to take me there. I'm I'm somewhat of a really have a home. I think you've found a home here in Corvosa with your friends. And you. Yes, but not from Corvosa. Mm. Mm. Adamant, was it? It was. You haven't said much. I think I've heard the least from your mouth. I'm more of a listener. Ah. One who waits for others to speak. Wise. Hmm. I wish you all luck at Eel's End. 
And as he says that, you guys see that the crowd is kind of giving way as you move silently through it, and you get to the point where you're at a crossroad. You either turn right and go to Eel's End, or you continue north. And then Carlo stops, and the crowd just kind of parts as you guys, as kind of makes a bubble around you, and he turns towards Riley. Well, thank you for the short walk. I appreciate being among you and your friends. This way is Eel's End. I didn't want to say it in front of your mother. I did not want to worry her. But you need to take a visit to the House of Clouds, Riley. You need to seek out a woman named Halvara. Your mother is a jealous woman, and I did not want to mention her name in front of her. You need to tell her that Vencarlo sent you. She will know exactly what to do. My informant has passed on information that infers that Darvain will be here tonight. Ben Carlo, it's been a pleasure, and I am sure I'll be seeing you again. Mm. Yes, this is something that you can be sure of. And he reaches out and he grabs your hand and he bends down and he kisses it on the top. Be safe. Have fun and be well. And to the rest of you, please keep her protected. She is the DM's favorite, and if she dies, the podcast will end. Ta-ta. We can't have that. No. He starts to walk away, and I need you guys to make a perception check. Ravi rolled a 16. Riley rolled a 20. Jingles and, uh, with a 23. And uh, definitely starting my night off strong with a 5. Everyone but Adamant notices that he gives you one last look. He kind of backs into the crowd and he disappears. And I don't mean the crowd overtakes him. He very, quite literally, in the middle of the day, vanishes from your sight. Adamant, you're looking elsewhere. Because there's something that's caught your attention in an alleyway nearby. And as Van Carla leaves your sight, you guys all focus on exactly what Adamant's focusing on. There is a, just a, a group, probably five or six of these very, very armor-clad guards coming out of this adjacent little path, uh, kind of blocking your way off the eel's end, and they're very clearly coming towards you. They're wearing just crimson red armor. You've only seen this once before. No need for a history check or perception check, because you remember, because Sabina is on your mind, as Vencarlo had talked about her. They're wearing the same armor that Sabina had, that beautiful, beautiful crimson red armor they stop right in front of you and you hear a woman's voice adamant black you're coming with us the queen has use of your ear adamant or uh, jingles looks over at adamant what's going on we need to kick their asses Fuck if I know, but uh, I don't think the I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> All right, uh, what's it pay? No, no, you you misunderstand. There is no money. The queen wants, and the queen gets. You will be returned in time. In time. She has questions that you might be able to answer. You could see very clearly that they are a little on edge. They're not brandishing I, their weapons, but they I have over their hands. At, at, I look over at Riley. You know, you know this place better than I do. I will say that 
I have never seen someone twice who tried to tell the queen no. Well, that answers my question. All right, then. Let's see what she wants. This is good. This is good. And you could see that they kind of relax. And one of them, the gauntleted woman right in front of you, takes your arm. And you could feel that her grip is a little bit stronger than you might have expected. Um, and they, they pull you into their fold. As if they're trying to protect you from everyone else's eyes. And the rest of you see Adamant kind of marched off. Adamant, do you give any sort of look back at your friends? Or is this kind of a, a pride thing? Like, yeah, go ahead. Let's go see the queen. Uh, the look back is going to be more in the initial joining of them. Uh, you know, it, it, this sounds like up and up. And Riley seems to say this is part of the up and up so there's not going to be resistance um but yeah it's going to be like well uh <laughs> I will join you when I can and you're taken away you guys see adamant as they kind of just disappear into the crowd and quite suddenly there are three of you you're at that crossroads and you stand there for a second, kind of ponder exactly what Adamant could know that the queen herself would want to know. And why are there more and more guards in this heavy crimson red armor? It's not something that the Corvosan guard would show off. This is something, that, a compliment of military that you guys have never seen before. And then there were three. Are the guards blocking our path? No. Mm -mm. There's no one blocking your path to Eel's End at this point. You guys are free to go if that's what you'd like to do. I'm cool. Just going forward. Guys, that was weird. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure we're ever going to see Adamant again. Have you seen those guards before? I don't remember seeing that many at the castle. I haven't seen them particularly. I only recognize their armor as the same armor that Sabina wears. Should we go he... after him? I mean, Adamant seems pretty tough. We can go after him, but I'm not sure what we're really going to do against those guards. I wonder if he knew something that he wasn't sharing with us. I mean... Have you guys known him long? I've only known him for a few days, so that's very possible. I just met him too. I've known him all for as long as I've known you. So are we heading to Eel's End then? I say we try to complete our mission and... Catch up with him when we get back? Yeah, Hopefully. I mean... Fingers crossed. Hopefully when this all blows over, it'll be at Zalara's or the Revengers campus. All right, let's go. We're going to make our way to Eel's End. Uh, you we guys left Pringles leave. at Zalara's, You did right? leave Pringles at Zalara's, yes, okay. yes, yeah. Um, He's going to leave me. <laughs> He's gone. You guys, the three of you now, Make your way to Eel's End. It's telling me that I've got an error here. Let's see. Yeah, you can you hear that? One of our players. Can <laughs> yes. You can hear yeah. that perfectly. Okay. Can you hear that. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, those you guys. An error. You guys make your way to Eel's End. A man down. The sound of carousing booms. From the elegantly painted barges moored to this very long pier. It's almost like you guys have stepped into another world. It doesn't look like anyone is aware that Corvosa is under a little bit of stress right now. Everyone seems to be just drunk and happy. 
There are large signs painted in several languages, nailed to the pilings, and they hang from ropes slung between the barges. Now, the closest barge to the east bears a sign that says, The Twin Tigers. Take the tiger by the tail and try your luck. And opposite to that, to the west, a boat sign says, Welcome to the Golden Hawk. No safer stay in Old Corvosa. Further to the southeast is Dragon's Breath Corridor. Dream the dragon's dreams at an affordable price. And opposite to that is the House of Clouds. The caress of our lovelies will take you straight to heaven. Now featuring the highest male pro- or the highest paid male prostitute. Only the largest vessel, an old warship to the south, and this is a big ship, bears no signage at all. Now you notice, as you're looking at these barges, that short, short rope bridges or gangplanks provide access to the decks of these ships from the pier and to and from the decks of each other. There's some music coming from the House of Clouds that you can hear. You're close enough, but it's, it's very different from the, the general music that you're hearing overboard or overall. But there are just tons of people here and that there are two guards right at the entrance. And you guys are standing there just gawking at this point. What do you do? Riley, are you interested in heading to House of Clouds to see what uh, Ben Carlo was talking about? Girl, I'm already five steps ahead of you. Let's go. All right. You guys walk in and the guards eye you for just a second. And you can see that they're scanning you very quickly. There's no way that they have time to pat down everyone coming through. And you guys pass the ocular check. You make your way through. Um, I need all of you guys to make it just a general perception check. I almost op- tried to open my character sheet. Oh. Ravi, 18. 18, okay. Riley, 12. Okay, all right, all right. Jingles with a 12. Okay, all right. You guys are looking around. There's a lot of drunk people. Nothing too interesting, you know. You've seen drunk people before, but it's it's kind of it's kind of out of the ordinary. It's kind of like us going back into the world after COVID. Like there's so many people here, and we just had this horrible thing happen to the city. But all these people don't seem to care. And you make your way directly to the House of Clouds. Now a single structure sits atop the main deck of this barge. The double doors are always hanging open. It looks like. Uh, to reveal a large room decorated with throw rugs, large pillows, and the air thick with an incense and lit by red paper lanterns. This is this looks like a whorehouse. The strong scent of rose water and cinnamon pours forth from the smoking bronze braziers set on, are set on silver stands, which are carved in the likeness are the likeness of slit-eyed serpents and proud hunting birds. Now. Several scantily clad men and women loiter about the barge's deck. And as you walk into the main room, you realize it's much bigger than it looks from the outside. There are at least a few dozen people laying lazily in various states of undress, listening to live music coming from the stage. The band consists of three completely new tieflings playing different instruments, their bodies glistening with the humidity in the air. And as you stare, the curtain behind them parts and a five-foot-something, dark-skinned Barisian man steps out towards the center of the stage. And the only thing he's wearing is a velvet purple robe and round eyeglasses. Is this, is this thing on? Can you guys hear me? He says, looking out to the crowd. A few people give him thumbs up and pennies are always being thrown at him, at his feet. Thank you, you're, you're, you're too kind. I see some familiar faces out there and that warms my loins. Welcome back to the House of Clouds. Looking out on your beautiful bodies and into your fiery eyes, I see some newcomers as well. Welcome. You're all welcome here. We don't judge, we don't ask, and we sure as hell don't disappoint. I just have one request, just one. Come on in, let's get high. Come on in and touch the guy. You think about it every night and day. At eels and you can have it your way Why just once have some more The professionals don't call them hoes Come on in, let's get high 
and I really mean it. I want all of you outside to come on in and get high with me. It's going to be a great night at the House of Clouds. Thank you. His backup dancers keep swaying as he leaves the stage, and everybody's just entranced by the beautiful, beautiful melody that he's putting forth. And he steps out, he's trying to mingle with the crowd, and you guys are almost immediately, immediately uh, talked to by this, this slender, slender woman in this silk nightgown. Welcome. What tickles your fancy and what can we do for and to you tonight? Well, First you of all, who was that man up there? Because I am mesmerized. Let me gather my thoughts, okay? Oh, his name? His name is Kay Relly. He's, uh, he's the bard here, and yes, his pipes aren't the only thing that will mesmerize you, I assure you. I might have to see those pipes later. Right now I'm looking for Halvera. Is that oh, her name? Halvara? That's, that's me. I oh, am Halvara. Hi, Halvara. How are you? Oh, I am high as shit. <laughs> trying to get on your level you came to the right place and your name was my name is riley i'm a friend of ben carlo and her face changes almost immediately ben carlo riley you didn't tell me your last name is that important no we don't ask i was just making sure that we don't tell a friend of Vencarlo. Vencarlo has very specific taste, Riley. Are you and your friends looking to imbibe? Yep. <laughs> Do the rest of you, like, just follow Riley's lead here? Yeah. I'm along for the ride. Jingles. I mean, there are naked tieflings on that stage. It's some man just saying to you, what, what, what's going on in Jingles' head right now? Oh, Jingles is definitely looking for something to drink right now. Um, but, uh, looking looking for a spliff, uh, <laughs> you know. But he he's always looking for something some good. Uh, always a good time. You came to the right place. Please follow me. And she leads you through, and you guys realize this ship is actually like a lot larger than it looked like when you stepped onto it and you go down to what you you know can conceptually understand as the lower deck and the steam the humidity hits you and there's this curtain it's, it's kind of sheer so you could see through it but you just see this depiction of just a lot of naked people just in various states of just emotional bonding I guess we'll call it um and she, she, she directs you to a side room. She says, please, we have no use for clothes here. Your belongings will be safe. Disrobe. And she gestures to the side room where you see people like in there taking off their clothes and there are attendants helping them. Uh, and they're storing their things in lockers on the side of the room. Riley looks to Ravi and Jingles and says, well, guys, we're about to get a whole lot closer. And she starts taking her clothes off. Yeah, Jingles just, he's already making his way towards the locker room. Ravi, what are you doing? I don't think the queen's going to do this for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Adamant is not having as much of a great time right now. Son of a bitch. I flagged down an attendant to come help me. And this just naked, just Varesian man, just chiseled, comes up. Do you need help? And he just takes your clothes off your shoulders and just undresses you. Um, Another well-muscled man comes and disrobes Riley. You guys don't even have to touch yourselves. They're removing your clothes, and they give you a key. They give you each a key. Uh, Jingles. This this little little frail thing seems very old, maybe in her sixties, but you know, very accommodating. Starts to undress you and puts all of your belongings into a locker, and then hangs a key around your neck and kisses you on your cheek. 
You guys are all very naked, very naked, and you're ushered into the room and just the humidity of body heat and the aroma of just burning incense, cinnamon, and all of these different scents hitting you in the face. And you see that the deck has been modified to where there are just baths. It's a bathhouse and people are in the baths and these attendants that took your clothes off are ushering you towards this back part of the deck where there's a large bath. And in that bath, there's only one person, one very attractive man with his back turned towards you. It seems like he's bathing himself. And once you guys get in that little room, the curtains close behind you. Sean, could you describe to us this muscled man? <laughs> uh, long black hair, uh, pale green skin, um, quite broad shoulders, um, very heavily muscled, um, and it's more of a mane of ha- of hair, like more than a normal person would have. You can see very slight pointy ears sticking out of that hair. His back is turned towards you guys. You are the only ones in this partitioned off room. Now that's not to say that you guys are in a private room. You're just in a private section. Like if you were to talk loud enough, everybody else would hear you. But it's just the four of you. The man in the bath has not noticed your presence as you guys can hear that there is a sitar being played loud enough to mask your entrance into this warm, shining, probably magically shining pool. What do the three of the Revengers do? I'm going to step in the pool and say, evening. He turns and uh, he's got a quite, quite the chiseled face. Uh, beard, kind of medium length into a braid and um, slight tusks protruding from his bottom lip. Well, good evening. I'm like gonna wave over my friends, like get in here. <laughs> Please join Jingle. us. The water is nice. Jingles hears that voice. Muscles? That you? Turns around quickly. Who is it? It's the funny man. It's a little funny man, and he's gonna jump out of the water and lift you up in a giant bear hug. Um, and uh, he's quite naked, and there are what? things slapping around places you guys. that are really <laughs> awkward. Really entangled. Riley and Ravi, you guys are getting a show. I sit down next to Ravi, <laughs> and I say, do you ever just, like, say yes to one thing and then you find yourself in a bathhouse with two naked men hugging each other? I say every day. (laughs) Jingles, it seems that you know this guy. Yes. Uh, As as uh, in part of Jingles uh, life he was a part of a he was part of a circus and in that life, he came across a strong man that he dubbed Muscles. Oh, more of a strong kid. A uh, strong kid, but anyways, he just called them Muscles. And now you are reunited with Muscles. Please don't let me interrupt this, this tender moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, squeezing him till his back cracks. And then uh, he's going to uh, drop him down. And, uh, oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, I, my name's Hans. Who, who are you? It's good to meet new people. Friend of Jingles is friend of mine. Hey. Did you say Hans? Hans, yes. Can you spell that for me, please? Mm, no. Just go <laughs> All with right, it, I'll kid. just make a guess. Sound it out. They say because 
hands have big hands. Oh, hands. Uh, sure. Hans. <laughs> Ravi, are you just like staring? Like I said, Hans. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Ravi. Hello. Please have a seat. Okay. <laughs> the water's nice, eh? And uh, they put the smellies in it. It's, it's good smellies. Those smellies are actually really good, and you guys feel rejuvenated. If you had spell slots that you had expended, those spell slots are now unexpended, as they say in D&D. You guys are having quite the rest here. Um, how do you position yourselves in this, this massive magical tub? Are you guys like... Is it a circle or a square? It's a square. It's definitely a square. Are the girls on one side, the guys on the other? Jingles, yeah. do you Jingles have any? sitting next to uh, mm-hmm. his old buddy, Muscles, who he mm-hmm. now knows as Hans. Or Hans. He never knew his Hans. Hans, yeah. yeah. He no, never knew is... that. He just knew him as Muscles. You guys did spend, you know, a fair amount of time in your past together. So, I mean, this reunion is fortuitous. Um, you guys sit there. Um, I'm assuming Riley and Ravi, you kind of just stare as they catch up. I'm going to look at Riley and ask her, Hey, Riley, any reason why Van Carlo thought you'd have an interest in this place? Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did you go, did you want to play? What? Just what the, look at that's him, what like, the people do here. Play? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm ready any- to just chill for a bit, you know? Okay. And to answer your question, Ravi, um, nope, your guess is as good as mine. I just went with it. Okay. If you know like Hans, Hans can find someone else. It can join in. And the curtain if you pulls like. back, and you guys see a very, very naked K. Relly. No, no, Hans, it's, it's not necessary. They... They're right where they need to be. And he steps Boy, into the pool. No pressure from Hans. No friends here. No, and that's enjoying the smellies. That's that's why hey, we like you, Hans. You uh this is, this is the new smellies. Hans, if you guys didn't know, is the highest paid male prostitute in all of Corvosa. Well, congratulations, Hans. Well, well I mean, you know, uh, Hans Hans has has, has uh, skills. Hans does, and you know what? They uh, they say, come to where we are for Hans is Hans. <laughs> is that what they say? That's that's what they say. My name is Kay Relly. I hear you are friends of Vencarlo. Yes, we are. Which, is he in the water? He's he's yeah, dick first. Like as he's stepping in, you see the dick tip first, of his penis. Belly flops in. <laughs> <laughs> Riley scoots real close to him. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. He's still wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Well, Havara says that you're friends of Van Carlo, and a friend of Van Carlo is a friend of K. Relly, and a friend of Hans. I hear you're interested in one, Darvane. Hans, you know Darvane. Darvane is one of your clients. I think we can help you with what you need. Right, Hans? Uh, okay. Hans is very amicable if you haven't noticed. I mean, Hans get paid either way. Hans will get paid either way. He is the highest paid in all of Corvosa, if I didn't already say that. I don't know why everybody keep bringing that up. It's it's something to be proud of. It's something to be really proud of. I wish I made I'm, the amount of money. I I'm I'm proud when people are happy uh, and they pay hunts. So, and let me tell you, Darvane is always happy when he comes to see Hans. Darvane has a very strict route, and I've been told by Halvara to share that with you. Is that something that you want? I saw the shirts. It said Revengers. Is that you? Riley is sitting really close to him and she like goes like this down his chest and says, that's us. 
Or see, find something you like. I didn't have. Hmm. I'm flattered. Uh, usually K. Relly is into younger girls, but I can make an exception. Excuse me. Anyway, <laughs> it's almost odd that you choose a time like now. Darvain will be here and just wait a minute. Let me check a role that the DM requested. In just two hours. He'll be here in two hours. It's, it's odd. He could have been here in 20 hours, but the role says that he, he'll be here in two. We don't have much time to prepare for his arrival. How do you prepare? <laughs> mm, I'm glad you asked. My informant, Halvara, says that her informant says that you need some dirt. There's no better place to get dirt than Eel's End. I'm here to tell you the facts and nothing else. Darvain has a very strict route when he gets here, and once he arrives, Eel's End is locked down. He checks his velvet watch. Like I said, in two hours, he will be here, and there will be no one let in and no one let out. Your trip to Eel's End is about to get a little more interesting. You'll be here for at least 24 hours if the guards have anything to say about it, and there's only one way in and one way out, unless you know how to speak Reef Shark. A deal he had cut... I I, I told you, I can't speak to Reef Shark. No, I remember when we tried. It, it, it did not go well. It did oh. not go well. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. He spent about 24 hours there. He cut a deal with the Vargo for minimal exposure, so once you're in, you can't leave. You can't tell anyone he was here. He takes a trip to the Dragon's Breath, and he imbibes in many, many different drugs. His tolerance is high, and his pockets are so deep. He spends a pretty pinch there. Hans, you and I have been there, and those drugs are strong. I don't know how he survives. They're okay. After he has left his body mentally, he stumbles to the Twin Tigers, where he gambles the night away. Not my bag, but hey, we don't judge. We don't judge here at the House of Clouds. He I'm places like keeping money. Yeah, yeah. You have quite the savings. What a boon if you were able to leave this profession. You'd be able to buy anything you wanted. He likes to place bets really? on the stru Yes. Absolutely. Yes, armor, clothes maybe. I don't know if you prefer. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Not everybody like like me hanging out. Oh, sweet guy. I don't see any any problem with it. You seem to have made a friend in this. That's, in this. That's, that's why we're friends. Yeah, we we will always be friends. He leans over to Riley. He's a little special, just like we all are. He has his own talents. Is that why his skin is green? No, you racist. He's half orc. What? Excuse me? I don't know. I was just asking. <laughs> I didn't know if the bathwater did something. What? <laughs> uh, uh, Helvara didn't tell me that I was dealing with racist. <laughs> well, who, 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 who's the racist? No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just something I heard. Anyway, anyway, anywho. After he's done plaything his bets on the strong men who like to play knivesies, and you see him like shudder just a little bit as he mentions the word knivesies. And Hans, you know that knivesies is a game played by only the most brutal of contenders. Doesn't really end in a happy situation. After he's done betting on those who play knivesies, he comes and visits Hans. He comes to the House of Clouds. And most mostly there's there's not much not much blood left on the money when he comes. That's uh, true. Knives you get get real real wet. Mm, yes, and not in not in the way that things should get wet. Amen. It's sti sticky wet. Mm, praise praise loss. It's, it's good to have a ha have a soak after, Ex after extra towel after 
after Actually, playing Nyjish. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's why we provide as many towels as we can here. He comes here they, and... they nice and warm, too. Hmm. And this is exactly why... This is exactly why Hans is the highest paid prostitute in all of Corvosa, because Darvain pays very well. Hans has this technique, this spanking technique. It's the thing that Hans does best. Don't, 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 don't give away the teachers, the, 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 the tricks. Just, just, just praising your, your ability, Hans. He slaps with his whole hand and, woof! God, I, I get this, the full body goosebumps just thinking about it. It's, whew. So you've, so you've had a personal experience then? Of course. <laughs> You'd be a fool to not be spanked by Hans. You need to know. You need to know why Hans is the best. After he's done being spanked by Hans, whose technique is unmatched, he goes back to his room at the Golden Hawk, the other barge, and he sleeps off the entire day. This is all great information, but I think the one thing that I've noticed that other people don't pay much attention to is the fact that when Darvain comes on to the youth end, he has this key around his neck and he traces Riley's collarbone, the key around her neck. Much like this one, except he arrives with it and he hands it off to an Eelzen guard. That guard comes back with a chest full of gold. My assumption is Devargo has a personal bank for Darvain. So Darvain and his people never have interaction with the finances here. It's smart. It's safe. It's secure. It's stupid, if you ask me. Because uh, who's to say? Go ahead. I get Han. it. It's safe. No. Oh, silly me. Anyway, that's what I was told to tell you guys. I'm afraid you're stuck here. For the next 24 hours on Eel's End, you might as well enjoy yourself. I don't. I don't know what business you're getting up to, but I've given you all the information. Is there anything else I can do for you? I've, I've got another song here in a second that I've got to get back to. Come on in, let's get high was just the beginning of my set. Can we get a personal performance right here before you go? I, I don't think that would be appropriate. I think you need to... You don't think that in a place like this. Oh, oh, come on. Come on. Just a quick one. Look, Hans agrees. <laughs> listen, listen. I agree as well. Listen, if this all goes well. Well, if you need, Han, Hans can play flute. Uh, yes, Hans, I know you can play flute. <laughs> if this all goes well, and you get what you need. I've been working on a song. I could sing it for you. I could sing it for you in a private concert. If, if Maybe I can come to your home and I can give you a private concert. I, I don't always like singing here. You guys have a lot of information now. What's going to happen next is Darvain is going to arrive in two hours. He's going to leave 24 hours after he arrives. You guys have a mission. You need to get some sort of definitive blackmail on Darvain. You know what he does, why he does it, where he goes, his usual path, and you have the advantage of Hans right here. Now, D&D doesn't have very many mechanics for heists, but I've been doing some research. The way we're gonna do this, you guys have a planning phase where you plan out exactly what you're going to do over the next 24 hours. You don't have to tell me about it. 
I'm not part of this heist. I'm just here to facilitate it. You guys, this is your first heist. Just like your first interrogation, you had a lot of, you know, allowances. You guys will have four circumstantial failures allowed to you. Mess-ups. Oopsies. The different parts of this heist, which we're going to call it, you'll have checks. If you fail that check, it's okay. You have four oopsies between the group of you. You will each have the ability, and this is new to D&D, it's not even in D&D, I read about it and I was like, fuck yeah, we're doing this, to flashback. Let me explain what a flashback is. Let's say you're in a situation where you realize that if you would have prepared for the situation, you would have been able to go through it successfully. You see a mountain, right? And you're like, fuck. If I would have had a rope, you're like, okay, DM, flashback. I'm going to make you roll a d20. The first check is easy, guys. It's a dc5. If you make that dc5, you can tell me, yeah, this is what happened. We go into a role play. Oh, Robbie's packing a rope into her backpack before she leaves Alara's or the Revengers campus. Then we come back into the present, and suddenly you have a rope. The next time you use a flashback, it's a DC 10, and then a DC 15, and then a DC 20, and so on and so forth. If you fail those DCs, you get a penalty. Four penalties, and you guys are out of second chances. And shit will go down. You've been given the amount of information that you've earned with Sean's two. Now comes the planning phase. And that's where we're going to end tonight's episode. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to need all of those rules of what you just said, like, sent to me. So yeah. I understand yeah, that's, better. I need to be in the Discord. Can you do that? <laughs> For listening to the 1D4 podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at the1d4pod at gmail.com. That's the number one, the letter D, the number four pod at gmail.com. See you next time.